socks with sandals. Hello and welcome. My name's Peter Bird. Today I'm actually recording this, um, which is quite a spacious office with the uh, air conditioner working in the background. But uh, I'm recording it uh, on my little Zoom H2N recorder, portable recorder. And I think it's doing a pretty good job for what it is. Even though it's uh, quite old now, it's, I think it's got quite a good quality uh, reproductive sound to it. I would normally be uh, recording my podcasts at home on Rode uh, Podmic and be mixing it with the brand new uh, Rodecaster, which still has to uh, come in. Um, I've ordered it a couple of weeks ago and uh, they're still not in stock. They're actually made in Australia, but. Uh, I would have thought I would have been able to find one a little bit quicker than this and unfortunately hasn't been the case. Probably a lot of people doing exactly what I'm doing, creating podcasts while they're at home. And what else is there to do when you're at home? I mean, there's nothing on television. (laughs) Uh, So anyway, um, I just thought I'd like to set that scene where I'm at, just uh, in, in my office, air conditioning on, the H2N in front of me, propped up with a pile of um, multicoloured sticky notes and basically that's it. Uh, Lots of little creaks and cracks around outside. It's a uh, tin roof here. It had been raining and the sun's just coming out so you're getting the odd creak from the uh, tin roof. Quite charming and I don't think we're picking it up on this microphone. It's not quite uh, that um, sensitive. But uh, anyway, uh, I just thought I'd fill you in on... um, where we're at at the moment or where I'm at at the moment um, I do hope to be doing some field recordings fairly soon uh, next week um, sorry next month I think it is my wife and I are planning on visiting the Monte Cristo homestead in Junee now for those people who don't know that's probably regarded as the most haunted place in Australia we'll be staying there overnight and uh, trust me, that's going to be quite an experience and I'm going to see if I can get actual uh, audio from the place uh, soaking up the ambience of the building as much as I can and try not to be as, as intrusive as possible for everybody else but also um, trying to record some stuff there on the night see if we can get some uh, really interesting results from that, uh, that Saturday night at uh, Monte Cristo in Genie. We were planning on going a bit earlier but of course the uh, virus uh, happened if that's uh, one way just to put it and uh, slowed our uh, our march to uh, go there down quite considerably as it has done with everything else but uh, recently they've just started uh, taking tours again small groups at a time and uh, I think we're one of the uh, first groups off the rank which is great so uh, looking forward to uh, sharing that with you at uh, Monte Cristo uh, homestead in Genie and uh, well this is our first actual episode should we say that uh, talks that talks about the kinds of subjects that I think uh, the whole uh, podcast was intended to talk about right from the start I I wanted to gather some sources together before we uh, really kind of hit the road and uh, still doing that and 
that's why I started with a podcast of a novel that uh, I wrote some years ago, way back in, I think it was 1997, called The White of a Cow's Eye. Uh, for me, it's, uh, I guess, a little bit of um, practice on how to uh, talk into a microphone, I suppose, adjusting levels and playing around with um, things like, you know, audition or audacity or whatever I've got here. So it was kind of my first dab into, um, you know, talking to myself, I suppose, in front of a microphone. I have done it before in the past. Many, many years ago, I uh, worked on a community radio station up in the Highlands uh, in which I started a folk music program called Minstrel's Gallery. And that was a very, very long time ago. In fact, it was the first year that the uh, station actually started. And uh, I ran that for a couple of years, two, maybe three years, I think. And then uh, what happened was uh, basically I ran out of records. And I always said that uh, I wasn't going to repeat playing the same albums over and over again. There didn't seem to be much you know, purpose in that. And I had a really good sidekick who uh, picked it up after me and ran with it for many, many years afterwards. And I think it's actually still running to this day. And we're talking maybe 20 years. Incredible amount of time, probably longer than that actually when you think about it, maybe 25 years ago when it, when it all uh, sort of first began for me in front of a uh, microphone. Very different scenario that to uh, what we've got here though, which is a, a podcast. But uh, I'm hoping to change that. I'm hoping to uh, incorporate interviews from people from all over the place about uh, the kinds of things that relate to, well, transcendental themes. Now, I mean stuff like um, eerie, creepy, uh, haunted stories, ghosts, of course, unusual things, UFOs, black cats, panthers. <laughs> Everybody's seen this panther. I haven't seen it yet, but... Um, you know, there are stories out there, and everyone has a story, including myself. So if you'll excuse me uh, being a bit presumptuous, I suppose, uh, I might start off the first episode or the first uh, podcast of uh, Transcendental Radio, well, let's say the first official one, talking to you about my ghostly experiences. I have to say first off that I am a bit of a sceptic. I'm not a believer as such. However, I have experienced things on a couple of occasions that I just cannot explain. A long time back, it would have been maybe 30 years ago, I was... Uh, working for the government, unemployed in other words. And I was asked to attend a health and fitness session on how to keep yourself active whilst you were looking for work. There was about 10 or 12 unemployed people at this group and we met at a place in Burradoo in New South Wales. 
The place was called Yeen House. It still exists today, but I think it's privately owned. So it doesn't allow uh, visitors anymore, which is a bit of a shame because it's a fascinating old rambling building. Way back then, the government or the council owned it to some degree. And I suppose community organisations used it for various things. I know that they used to run cooking shows and stuff like that or cooking um, courses and stuff like that down there. But they also ran this little self-help kind of session for unemployed people. And I don't know how long they ran it for, but I was one of those um, people. I was probably about uh, 18, 19 maybe at the time. So we're talking quite a while ago probably 1979, 1980 or something. So that gives you an idea of how ancient I am. Anyway, the group was um, an interesting group. I don't remember them very well, but I, I, remember the, the, I remember the name of the teacher who took us through, and she was a, a lovely lady. She showed us all about how to uh, grow bean sprouts and stuff like that and how to look after yourself and how to stay positive. It was all about positivity and well-being. And we had a tour through this Yeen House place. And we were walking through a corridor. I can't remember a lot about this corridor. But it led into, I think it was a kitchen... And let me just paint this picture for you. This building is, is probably over a hundred years old and it's falling into a little bit of um, ruin, shall we say. The floors all creaked. There was wooden floorboards and on the floorboards there were, I think, boards patching those floorboards up. Well, we were walking into the kitchen. This is uh, one afternoon. Nothing particularly strange about it. When there were about eight of us and we were walking through this kitchen. I was probably the second or third last in the group walking through. And just as I was walking through, I felt this very cold air blowing on the back of my neck. And I don't think it was the guy behind me blowing cold air on my neck because I didn't really know anybody there. And uh, for him to blow cold air on my neck, you know, I'd want to know him very, very well. Trust me. And I got this cold sensation. And just as I turned to say to the person behind me, do you feel that? A girl in front of me tripped over and broke her ankle. Now, there were, not st there were no steps there. She just plain fell over. And, well, I, if I said broke her ankle, maybe I was lying. I know that she sprained her ankle, but uh, I don't know whether it was actually broken. But she fell and injured her ankle, put it that way. And she was right in front of me. And when she got up, she said the same thing. Because I actually turned and said, do you feel that? She fell. 
and as we were helping her up she said I felt this cold air as well and so the three of us felt this very cold air coming through this corridor at the very same time now there's a little bit of history with uh, Yeen House and I'd love to uh, talk to you about that another time or I would love to talk to you about that with the people who perhaps uh, know a lot more about it than I do but let's just head forth into the future about 10 years later shall we say maybe not even that many maybe five or six years Highland FM the community radio station called 2WKT had possession of the top section of the multi-story building it was a as I said a big rambling I think it was like two stories um, and it had a, a very interesting section at the very top there was a quite a large kitchen area waiting room and then there was a, a studio section built off that for recording for um, their community radio and I got involved right from the very start they ran a training course up there um, many many years ago I was the, one of the first people who um, went to that training course in fact I was one of the first in the group for the very first training course they ever ran I don't think they ran one after that but anyway there was about I don't know a dozen people or so in this in this training course and um, you know I completed that training course and then went on to uh, produce uh, the folk music show um, which is still as I said quite possibly still running to this day and so there was only one studio in Highland FM and if you needed to use the studio after on airs hours you had to make an appointment you had to make a booking and you had to go after hours to record something if you wanted to like pre-record your show or something to that effect and this I did on, on a number of occasions I would often be there at, you know 10 or 11 o'clock at night uh, recording something or just editing something because in those days we're talking about you know early 1980s in those days we had things like record players hmm, cassette players and believe it or not we had um, reel to reel which I loved a lot of fun and a lot of stuff I recorded uh, well a little bit of stuff I recorded um, using reel to reel and we actually did a number of uh, live recordings of uh, performance as well using reel-to-reel -reel tape and I think it was one of those sessions that uh, I was doing I, I booked in one evening and I went to do some editing by myself and I was at the studio and I'd finished what I was doing and I got this feeling that someone else was there, that there was something in this building. Now, I'd been doing this quite a, quite a while at night time, and it never bothered me. It's a pretty scary kind of place, because there's this great big long stairway, which leads down to the front door, and it's a creaky old thing too. Very scary damn thing when you think about it. <laughs> 
at night walking down this stairway of about oh, maybe 20 stairs, quite a wide staircase, very wooden, very old. And um, as, I said, as I said, we were up the top. And when you finished your show, you flicked all the switches off, um, shut down the, uh, the station. And then, of course, you went down the stairs and you turned the main light off there and you closed the great big wooden doors behind you as you left. This one night, I felt something. A little strange, I felt uncomfortable. I hadn't heard anything, so there was no indication that there was anybody around. Usually, well now and then, someone would come in, say hello, which is pretty unusual because um, when you booked, you usually just booked for yourself, but there were people on rare occasions who would just pop in. But this particular night, there was nobody there. Um, I can't remember what kind of a night it was. Probably quite a normal sort of night, although I have a feeling there's a bit of wind blowing. Because when I left this place, I closed the door and I walked down the stairs. And I just had a feeling that I had to get out of there. I don't know what it was. I had to get out of there. And I went down the stairs and I closed the door. And I walked outside. And this Yin house has a magnificent garden area. Incredible. It's quite a rambling thing. It was fairly much an unloved kind of garden, but it was huge. It was a big roundabout type of affair in front of the main entrance and there were old gargoyle concrete statues on either side of the stairway faded they were so badly faded that you couldn't really see their facial features you know and stuff like that and it was that kind of really interesting ornate look about it and there were lots of trees around the place as well and i i think from memory yeah, there were, the trees were blowing. So I was hearing this rustling sound all the way down the driveway towards the car, which is parked about 150, maybe 200 metres down the road in a small, dark car park area. And as I was walking down towards my car, hearing the sounds of the trees rustling in the distance, I was walking past the building and what happened next was the most incredible thing and I've yet to work out how it happened or what, what was going on. I still can't figure it out to this day but this is the truth. When I left that building every single light was off. we only occupied the top part of that building so the bottom part of the building was usually turned off anyway and it was always dark especially at i don't know 11 o'clock or 12 o'clock at night or whatever time it was when i when i came home and when i was walking past this building to go to my car all of a sudden every single light in that house came on 
every single light. Now, I don't even know if that's possible, if there's a, a master switch that turns all the lights on. I've no idea. But that was the strangest thing I've ever experienced. And from memory, I think the main switch was actually inside the building, just near the bottom of the stairs. And I don't recall ever being shown a master switch or anything was always you know a certain switches we turned off for upstairs and there were certain ones for downstairs but that's the weirdest experience um i've ever encountered and i to this day I, i've no idea what it was i can possibly put it down to some electrical thing maybe because of the the wind blowing but and being an old building i don't know i obviously the explanation is that somebody was in the building and they flicked all these lights on but the fact is that they came on all at the same time and you know I just don't know I didn't you know what I didn't go back in again <laughs> I thought stuff this I don't care I don't want to know about it I, look I was freaked out that night and I have to tell you that I was freaked I was I was shit scared and um I just thought, no, I, I'm not going for some reason or other. Normally you just go back in there and just flick the lights back off again and say, well, you know, whatever. Or you'd run into someone who was there and say, you know, I'm, I'm working in here. But um, Which was possible, I suppose. But I never went back that night anyway. And, uh, you know, until now I've never really told anybody about it. Well, even though I kind of said that, uh, you know, I hadn't really told anybody about my experiences at Yeen House, it's not entirely true because some years later, I uh, wrote a little article on a blog site that I had, um, which has now been folded up. And I mentioned, well, I actually wrote about my experience on that blog about pretty much the same things that I've just told you. Interestingly enough, it was, I don't know, a few weeks later or whatever, that the actual owners of Yeen House got in touch with me after reviewing that blog. And they said to me, this person who I spoke to, I can't remember her name, but she said to me, um, look, Peter, I'm really disappointed, or we are really disappointed in hearing you uh, write about this, our place like that, because they said in all the years that we've been here, We've never seen a ghost. <laughs> so, you know, they, they were really disappointed uh, because I, I, you know, explained to them that I had actually had some sort of experience there. Well, there you go. And it came from the actual owners themselves who said that you know, they've never experienced such a thing. You know, and that's fair enough. But uh, certainly I can't deny uh, what actually happened on that night way, way back in the, oh, probably very early 1980s. That was my first, and probably my most um, interesting uh, experience with a, a spirit or something. Um, I've had minor incidences since then, but nothing kind of quite like that. We had a situation, my wife and I, when we were in the Melbourne jail, we were uh, filming in one of the jails. 
I wasn't a, I wasn't a resident. I wasn't an inmate. We were actually there, um, you know, as tourists. Just clear that up for you. Um, and my wife and I just came into this place uh, just to, you know, as tourists, you know. And uh, we were in this particular particular cell, and it was was quite quite a cold one. We had our camera, and I was going to take a picture of my wife, or vice versa. I think I can't remember. That's right, I was going to take a picture of my wife and the camera wouldn't work. First time ever, camera didn't work. So my wife said, look, give it here, take a picture of me. She handed it, I handed it over to my wife and uh, she took a picture of me in, in this particular cell. It was most unusual. And it worked fine. And that really wasn't much to say, except for the tour guide, um, whom we said to afterwards, a little bit unusual, I said we got in this room and it was very cold, and she said, well that was cell block, now I think it was 17, and she said there's a history there, and she said there's a woman in there, a ghost, and she said, and she doesn't like other women, so whether she doesn't like other women, you know, me taking photos of other women or something, I don't know. But she let my wife take a photograph of myself, and um, it didn't come out when we when we checked when we checked the camera later on that all the other pictures came out, but that one didn't, which is very strange. Um, but you know, it was that was that um, really cold feeling once again that there was something like a presence in that room. Very strange, and uh, we you know more or less just shrugged it off and uh, you know continued on with the tour. But that was a couple of experiences that I've had and uh, wanted to share with you. I hope that um, you enjoyed listening. I would love to uh, talk to you about uh, your experiences now. And I'm sure you have lots more interesting things to say than I do. Anyway, thank you for listening. And this has been Transcendental Radio. If you would, uh, if you would like to get involved, please feel free to uh, drop us a line by uh, visiting the uh, website Transcendental Radio, one word, dot blogspot dot com, where you can leave a message for us. That's probably the best way to uh, contact us if you want to get on the show, and we'd love to hear from you. Thank you very much.